Hello and welcome to the Unleash Pain Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Katie Sutton, and I am a rehabilitation specialist and master neuro coach specializing in pain specifically. 100% of us experience pain at some point in our lives, yet we are not told what pain is, why we have it, or how to navigate through it. Without this vital information, it keeps us stuck in the vicious pain cycle. This is where I come in. My job is to educate and inform you about all things pain so you can feel empowered to know how to navigate pain when it comes about. This is how you break the cycle and reclaim your life from pain. Without further ado, let's go ahead and start breaking out of the pain cycle today. This is the final episode to wrap up season one, and I'm going to be diving into the social part of pain. Up to this point, I have talked about the psychological and biological pain bubble, and now I'm going into the third and final domain when it comes to pain, because all three of these are going to contribute to pain to either turn up the pain volume or to turn it down. So if you have not listened to the previous episodes in this season, highly recommend that you go check those out because today I'm going to be tying it all together and it's going to make a lot more sense. So let's go ahead and give you an expectation on what I'm going to cover in today's episode. So I'm going to discuss the factors that contribute to social pain specifically and I'm going to explain how social medicine is correlated to the brain and how it functions. And then I'm going to wrap it all up even more to explain the biopsychosocial connection when it comes to pain and the vicious pain cycle and how you can actually use these three domain pain bubbles to get the relief that you want and to treat your pain that way your pain doesn't control you. So I'm pretty excited about this because this is just bringing it full circle and my goal, my intention is to have you understand and look at pain in a totally different way. And I'm just ready to get going and dive into this The social pain bubble is going to include your family, your friends, socioeconomic factors, environmental context, culture, society, race, abuse, trauma. All of these are going to be intertwined in how our brain is being perceived as a danger or threat. They're all going to affect our emotions. A lot of that has to do with finances in the world as well. If you are in a low or high income, you have lack to access to nutrition food, if you're unemployed, feeling like you're in a healthy, toxic work condition, or you're feeling unstable at home and in your family life, inadequate education, basically all things that are associated with living in a deprived environment is going to be associated with poorer health and it's going to be associated with more pain or chronic pain. All of these different factors are going to contribute to how your body is perceiving pain, to understand how your body has become sensitized, how your brain has become wired to your environment and to your surroundings. Also, lack of access to quality healthcare and the inability to afford pain treatments, medical procedures, 
Other social factors are going to include relationships, whether you're dealing with a narcissistic uh, person in your family, in your love life, in your friend group. It's also going to affect your sex life and your relationships and your marriage and how you communicate with your kids and your family and coworkers and all of this. These are all going to be social factors that are going to contribute to the pain cycle. And a lot of the times these are often overlooked. And when we think of social and being social, we think of partying or like interacting with people and to an extent that is part of it however it's going to include your finances and your sex life and your relationships also the support that you are receiving in your life is going to play a social factor because when we are not usually feeling supported we have a tendency to kick on those negative emotions we're more likely to think more negative thoughts when we do not feel supported uh, within ourselves or within our social circle. I mean, the saying is really true. You do become the five people that you hang around the most because it's something that you're around a lot. It's something that you practice, right? Going back to the pain neural pathway and how that wires is it's a practiced habit. It's a practice of thinking certain thoughts, of feeling certain emotions, and having the that on repeat that that just becomes how you function. That's just becoming how you are operating your life from. And so if we're not allowing ourselves to look at the social aspects of pain, we're missing a huge, huge part of it. I know for me, the social part, I didn't really look into that when I was going through my chronic pain. I was just focused on the physical and I was missing two thirds of the pain recipe, which actually contributed to more pain, more social anxiety and isolation and social pain and that contributed to my emotional and mental pain as well. So it all definitely comes in full circle. So this leads me to my next point of social medicine and the brain. Humans are biologically programmed to be social and healthy functioning is going to depend on us being social. We are very, very much interactive social creatures and we have a craving to be in that interaction with other human beings or animals. Just having that communication and touch, that sense of another person's presence is very, very critical and important when it comes to our overall well-being and our health. It's actually very critical for our survival. I mean, back in the day when we were like cavemen or living in villages and stuff, we had to come together to work together to be able to survive in the environments. And this definitely is going to stem from a survival standpoint as well. However, the brain also has a social reward system when it comes to being social and interacting with other humans. We actually get a certain release of different hormones and 
happy, feel good hormones when it comes to being in a state of socialization. And so it's going to produce oxytocin, which is like our love hormone, serotonin and dopamine, which are our happy, feel good hormones that make us feel really good. And we're more optimistic. We are more happy. And those are going to be your neurotransmitters that are going to bring you to that state of happiness, connectedness, reward, and even pleasure. And when we have these endorphins kick on, it's actually our body's natural painkiller. So when we are social, we are able to actually fight pain and have it kind of be dulled instead of constantly relying on those different pain medications and opioids. So this is why when we are social, number one, we're a little bit distracted from our pain because we're not focusing all of our attention. Again, this goes back to the psychological domain pain bubble. And when we are not continuously focusing on something, we're able to enjoy with where we're at right now. Social interactions also bring us back into the moment to actually enjoy what is going on in the present. And when you are feeling like, you are interacting and feeling supported. And even when you're just talking to somebody about something that is going on in your life that seems really hard or you feel like you're struggling, it often takes a load off and you feel like you're supported by just having them being listening to you. And this is part of the the social domain when it comes to pain is having that communication with under with other individuals. Social isolation is going to be paired with pain and it is going to trigger cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And when there's a lot of cortisol built up into the body, it's going to kick on our stress response mode. So it's gonna cause the body to tighten and tense up. And the more and more that we are in that stress response mode, the more that we are weakening our immune system and we are increasing inflammation. And inflammation in the body is definitely gonna kick up that pain dial. It's gonna kick up the pain intensity and the pain volume that you are going to be experiencing. When we are isolated and experiencing social rejection, it's actually processed in the same parts of the brain as actual physical pain. And we have also learned from the previous episodes in the season that emotional and social pain are going to map the exact same as physical pain. So if we are just treating the biological physical aspects when it comes to pain, we're not treating pain as a whole. All of your symptoms are going to continue being stuck in the same cycle because you're not getting to the source. You're not looking at pain from all different angles. You're just looking at one side of it and you're missing the other sides that are going to be contributing to pain and they all are going to be interacting and intertwining together and when we can understand that we can be more aware of what to look for and to kind of play that detective to see what is actually going to be the thing or things that are actually causing us to be in that high state of pain. So when we are in that isolation Serotonin and dopamine, which are happy, feel-good hormones, are going to plummet, and this is going to leave us to feel very anxious and lonely and depressed, which is going to negatively affect our mood. And we know from the psychological pain bubble and those 
previous episodes is that your negative mood is going to play a huge factor when it comes to pain. So you're going to have even more pain when you're in that negative state. I mean, just look at the pandemic that we have been through and the isolation that had taken place. I mean, we were isolated at home. We were missing work, social events. We had to stop hobbies. And a lot of us became very, very dark when it came to our mental and emotional health. A lot of us were not doing okay. A lot of us were not doing well. And then when you have that on top of, you know, the isolation, you're not doing the habits that you're you're used to doing. And so that's going to affect how you feel emotionally, how you feel mentally, how you feel physically, which is going to affect how you show up in your everyday life. I mean, I know for me personally, going through the pandemic, I definitely had more pain kick on because I my, my whole world was completely flipped on its head. And going back to how the brain is wired, our, its main job is to keep us safe. And in what it knows in its own familiarity from the experiences that it has gone through. And when it goes from one drastic change to another, the brain doesn't necessarily like that change. And so it has a tendency to freak out. I know a lot of people going through that time had a really hard time adjusting when it came to being completely isolated from, you know, being out in the world that was really busy. And, you know, this definitely kicked on more pain because it also brought more attention to ourselves and how we were living and how we were operating. And I know for me, going through that time, I really had to take a look at how I was operating, how I was living, because a lot of the times when we are in pain, sometimes we just ignore it to the point where it's so bad. And then when that's all we can focus on, it can even amplify pain even more. So it starts to create its own cycle. I was struggling with migraines at that point. I was struggling with emotional and mental health. I was struggling with hip pain a lot. And that has a huge, huge impact. And this is the social aspect of pain. Again, we are very, very social creatures. And we crave that intimacy of connection and touch and communication. And even with the elderly, when the elderly are isolated and don't interact with other people, they have the likelihood of developing more illness and have an earlier death than expected because emotional, mental, social, physical health is all going to be playing a huge factor and they all feed into each other. So this brings me to the bioconnection point. All social factors are going to affect hormones and our brain chemistry, which is associated with the biology domain when it comes to the pain bubbles. And it's also going to affect our thoughts and our emotions, which are connected to the psychological pain bubble. So social factors are always going to be influencing the other pain bubbles of biology and psychology. The same thing goes when it comes to emotions like stress and anxiety. That's going to alter the brain chemistry from a hormone level and immune function. That's going to be the psychological bubble affecting the biology of the body. And when we are tending to sleep and nutritional needs, that's going to be a biological pain bubble that is going to 
either implement how we are functioning in our mood because when we do have regular sleep patterns and nutritional needs, it is going to improve our mood, which is going to be tied to the psychological pain bubble. And it's also going to be tied to social functioning and how we interact, which is going to be interacting with the social pain bubble. Everything is going to be intertwined because the brain and the body are always connected. And this is why it is so important to treat the pain of what is going on in your life and to look at it from a mental and physical standpoint as well as a social component that is going to be be addressing a lot of these concerns. The pain cycle is always going to have a biopsychosocial factor involved with it. And how you think is going to affect how you feel emotionally. And how you feel and how you think is going to affect how your body feels. And then all of that together is going to affect how you behave. This is a very, very common pain cycle that I found myself in. I've seen a lot of my family members as well as a lot of my clients that I have worked with over the years. I mean, just for an example, for me, when I was going through my chronic pain, I was thinking that my body was never going to be enough. And then I had those feelings of shame and that affected how my body felt. And it felt like it was constantly breaking apart. I was having new pain spots shift from place to place and I couldn't necessarily pinpoint it. It was very, very inconsistent, but the pain that I was experiencing was very consistent. It was just the place that it was. And so since I was feeling these, the, these intense thoughts and emotions and pain sensations in the body, it was affecting how I was interacting with the world. I had a tendency to isolate myself, to stay in bed a lot of the times. I didn't necessarily want to go out and socialize with friends. I was really by myself a lot of the times. And honestly, like the main thing that helped me during that time was having my little kitty cat. That is also a part of social interaction. And that was probably the social part that saved me a lot of the times when I was in that severe amount of pain. And I just want you to know that you can break the cycle by going after your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors. Then you realize because a lot of us just feel like we just have to settle and just be okay that we have this pain and that we just have to work with it and accept it as is and you know just basically accept our fate that we can't do the things that we necessarily want to do but when you can break the cycle by going after your thoughts emotions and your behaviors this means that you have more control over your pain than you realize and it's also a sign that pain is very very treatable that means you can reverse pain pain is always going to be shifting and evolving. And with the neuroplasticity in the brain and the concept of epigenetics when it comes to your cells and your DNA and your body, this means that pain can shift. This means that the brain and the body are malleable and have the ability to grow, evolve, transform, and change, which means that pain can change. This means that pain can change. The pain that you are in right now can be changed. I don't care if you've been in pain for a day, a week, years, decades. I don't care. It can be changed. However, it also starts with you 
having the willingness to accept that it is possible. Because if you are stuck in the belief that you are going to be in pain forever and that there is no hope for you, you are going to be operating in that way. That is how your subconscious is wired. That is how your nervous system is programmed to operate through. So it's always going to find ways to support how that subconscious and nervous system programming is going to be. That's going to be your life. So it's really, really important for you to make that decision to be willing to see your pain change in a different way, to be willing to see that you can break out of the vicious pain cycle. I personally cannot make that decision for you. That has to come from you because I can give you all of the information. I can give you all of the techniques and tools. However, if you are not in that place where you actually believe it's possible for you, then it's not going to work. You have to decide what is going to work for you and what is not. You have to be open to the possibility. And I'm usually not the type of person that says that you have to and you should do all these things. Like I'm I'm very, very... um free to have people choose what they want to do because that also empowers you to start to trust yourself. However, learning how to trust yourself is having that willingness to see things in a different way. And if you're in pain, it's having that willingness to see things in a totally different way, especially when it comes to pain in a biopsychosocial. So, This is going to wrap up season one. I am still doing the pain tip, the weekly pain tip. So if you want more of a deep dive to help you kind of implement and process the information that I have been sharing throughout this whole entire season, highly encourage you to sign up for the weekly pain freedom email tip. It's going to be correlated to each of the podcast episodes and it just helps you to start the rewiring process and desensitization of your nervous system and your brain a lot easier, more effectively. And it's teaching you how to work with your brain and your nervous system when it comes to your unique pain cycle. So if that interests you, I'll definitely leave a link down in the bottom here and it will always be available because I want this information to be accessible to everybody. And I also have a really fun thing that I am working on. I'm actually working on a membership that is going to be associated with all of the different pain bubble domains. So there's going to be a section to help you through biological pain, the physical pain that you are going through. There's going to be a section all dedicated to psychological pain to help you to understand your thoughts and your beliefs and your emotions, helping you to process different emotions to release them from the body and helping you to see things in a different perspective and brain prime. That way you can build that pain freedom pathway instead of having the pain pathway be the one that dictates everything. Then there's also going to be a different social bubble that is going to be connected to the social aspects of pain and how you can start to desensitize your nervous system and train your brain to look for the positive and what you want in your life by doing like little social tasks every single day. So that is coming. I'm actually going to be calling it Reclaim from Pain. And it's basically on-demand biopsychosocial videos that you can just tap on, little different journal prompts, meditations, visualizations. There's going to be... Um, emotional releasing, 
all of these things that I work on with my clients individually, but I want to make sure that it's accessible to more people because I know every one of us is going to experience pain at some point in our lives and it's always nice to know what tools and strategies and techniques to use because that is going to empower you and build that trust within yourself and your capability to get out of the pain cycle. So I'm just here to remind you that it is possible. Pain is treatable and I am here in your corner. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and for expanding your own pain awareness. Every time you listen to this podcast, you are building new neural pathways in the brain to break out of the vicious pain cycle. If this episode served you in any way, I ask that you share it with somebody who you think would benefit so they can start breaking out of their unique pain cycle today. When we are educated and informed about pain, we are equipped and empowered to get out and stay out of pain. If you have any questions or thoughts, I'm here to help. You can direct message me on Instagram at thekatiesutton. I'd be happy to personally connect with you so you can start unleashing pain freedom today.